0: This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. Welcome to another episode of this podcast. This week, June 1st, marks a special milestone for Notorious Bakersfield. This marks the one-year anniversary of this podcast. I launched Notorious Bakersfield June 1st, 2021. In the beginning, I was only going to do two stories a month, but after two episodes, I decided to make it a weekly thing. So here we go, every week, bringing you a Notorious Bakersfield story. In this past year, Notorious Bakersfield has had over 100,000 unique listeners, which I think is pretty remarkable. So, for those who have tuned in and listened to Notorious Bakersfield for the past year, thank you for helping make that possible. In the next few weeks, I'm going to be doing something different. In the year of doing this, I've gotten a lot of questions. Questions like... Are you from Bakersfield? How did you get the idea to start Notorious Bakersfield? What stories affected you the most? On the Notorious Bakersfield webpage, there's an option to leave me a voice message. I'm going to give listeners an opportunity to ask me questions. I'll play those voice messages and answer your questions. So go to NotoriousBakersfield.com, look for the microphone icon, and press that microphone icon to record a message. Ask me anything, and I might pick your question to use. So your voice might be on a future Notorious Bakersfield episode. Go check it out. Leave me a voice message, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Look for the microphone icon and click on it. There's no question, Walter and Faye Riley's family was going through some rough times for several years. The couple had five children. One son died in an automobile accident in 1949. In 1954, a 27-year-old son was serving a sentence in Chino State Prison for auto theft. A 23-year-old son was in Kern County Jail on a drunken driving charge. And a 16-year-old daughter had eloped to Illinois and had already had a child. And their youngest child, a 13-year-old daughter, had been arrested by Kern County Sheriff's deputies for underage drinking. To top all of that off, couple's marriage was falling apart. Faye Riley moved out of the family's home and had filed for divorce. When Walter and Faye Riley met at Juvenile Court on Friday, May 7th, 1954, for a hearing regarding their youngest daughter's underage drinking charge, things went from bad to awful. This is Melee at Juvenile Court. As I mentioned, Walter and Faye Riley were going through some serious trouble. One adult son had been killed in an automobile accident near Buttonwillow. Two other adult sons were in trouble with the law, and both were incarcerated. Their 16-year-old daughter got pregnant and had the baby and eloped. This was 1954, so teenage pregnancy was really stigmatized. And their 13-year-old daughter had been arrested at a party for underage drinking. By May 1954, Walter and Faye had been separated for three or four weeks. Faye had moved out of the house she shared with her husband and moved in with her friend, Evelyn Iyerson. In this time period, Faye filed for divorce. Walter was not happy with this and blamed Mrs. Iyerson for breaking up his home. The Riley's 13-year-old daughter had a hearing coming up at juvenile court related to the underage drinking charge she faced. It was never reported at the time, and I'm not certain about this, but it sounds like this daughter was in custody at Kern County Juvenile Hall. The hearing at the juvenile court was scheduled for the morning of Friday, May 7, 1954. Fearing that her estranged husband would show up at the hearing, Faye asked and Mrs. Ierson agreed to accompany her to court. The two women arrived at the juvenile court building on Ridge Road in East Bakersfield at about 9 a.m. Faye was right. Outside the court building was her estranged husband, Walter. The man was pacing back and forth on the sidewalk waiting for his wife. Faye and Mrs. Ierson walked past him and entered the juvenile court building. Walter stepped in behind the two women and asked to speak to his wife alone in the hallway. Faye told Mrs. Ierson it would be fine. While the strange couple talked, Mrs. Ierson entered the reception area in the juvenile court. The reception room was small and crowded. There were 30 to 40 people already in the room. Mrs. Ierson found a seat with an adjoining empty seat on a wooden bench. She'd only been seated a few minutes, less than two or three minutes, before Faye walked in. Mrs. Ierson and Faye made eye contact from across the crowded room. Faye made her way to her friend and took a seat next to her on the bench. As the women talked in hushed voices, Walter Riley walked into the waiting room. For two minutes, at least, he stood in the doorway, scouring the room, looking for his wife. He finally saw the women in the crowded room. Walter made his way to the bench. The ladies were sitting. He took a seat next to his wife. The couple engaged in conversation. At first, they talked in soft tones, but as it went on, Walter became more animated and loud. In a loud loud voice, loud enough for everyone in the reception room to hear, Walter Riley stood up and said, I'll make it my business. I'll fix this. Walter pulled a thirty-two caliber pistol from his belt. Faye jumped to her feet. She began running to the exit. She yelled, no, don't shoot, don't shoot. Walter Riley fired two rounds at his fleeing wife. The first bullet struck Fay Riley in the back near her spine. The bullet traveled up her spine and lodged near her brain. The second bullet creased the already mortally wounded woman's right arm, struck the ceiling, and landed on the reception room floor. Walter fired a third time. This bullet struck a fleeing bystander in the buttocks. Another bystander, 39-year-old mechanic William Rigdon, grabbed Walter Riley from behind in a bear hug. He grappled with the gunman for a few seconds. Walter managed to pull the trigger a fourth time. This time, Walter wasn't pointing the gun at anyone else. He was pointing the gun at his own chest. The bullet entered his chest passed through, exited his back, and entered the chest of Mr. Rigdon, the man who was wrestling him from behind. The two men fell to the floor of the juvenile court reception room. After that final shot, there were two wounded and two dead, Walter and Fay Riley. The two wounded bystanders were rushed to nearby Kern General Hospital for treatment of their wounds. As detectives investigated the scene, newspaper reporters for the Bakersfield Californian took pictures. Two photographs of the deceased Walter and Fay Riley were published on the front page of the newspaper later that evening. Four days later, the Kern County coroner held a hearing into this tragedy. The first witness was Mrs. Evelyn Ierson, Fay Riley's friend. The 50-year-old widow testified that she and Faye had been friends for nearly 10 years. Mrs. Ierson claimed Faye came to her seeking advice. After hearing of the multiple incidences of emotional and physical abuse by Walter, Mrs. Ierson invited Faye to move in with her in her small house on I-Street. Mrs. Ierson also testified that it was at her urging that Fay filed for divorce. She went so far as to find her friend a divorce lawyer. Mrs. Ierson claimed since she did these things for her friend, of course, Walter Riley blamed her for his failed marriage. Another witness at the coroner's hearing was Mr. Rigdon, the man who was wounded by the same bullet that passed through and killed Walter Riley. Mr. Rigdon recounted how he wrestled Walter Riley. The Bakersfield, California, noted that despite being wounded in the chest four days earlier, William Rigdon didn't exhibit any signs of his injury. Other witnesses testified to seeing the couple waiting in the juvenile court reception room. They all pretty much said the first sign of trouble was when Walter Riley yelled and pulled the gun from his belt. A gardener who was working in front of the juvenile hall facility testified that he'd witnessed Walter Riley pacing on the sidewalk in front. This witness said he looked like a caged animal. Kern County Coroner Norman Howes ruled that Faye Riley's death was a homicide committed by her husband, and he ruled Walter Riley's death a suicide. Remember to follow Notorious Bakersfield podcast social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pictures related to each story, including this one, are uploaded to our social media pages. And don't forget to subscribe to Notorious Bakersfield on whichever app you use to listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, every podcast app that's available. Don't forget about the messages. If you have a question for me, you can record a voice message from NotoriousBakersfield.com and I just might answer your question on a future Notorious Bakersfield episode. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. Remember to tune in next week, next Tuesday, for another Notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.